You can watch the Tan and J-Man show every Monday night at 6.30 Eastern Time on the ISC Sports Network, as well as ISCSportsNetwork.com, in the free ISC Sports Network app. Where can they download this free app? Well, they can download it on the Google Play Store or the App Store, so iPhone, iPad, Android device, Apple TV, Roku, Android TV, Amazon Fire Stick, and Chromecast, so pretty much anywhere you can stream any streaming device you have. You can find the ISC Sports Network, the home of the Tan and J Man Show, live every Monday night at 6.30. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Tan and J Man Show, episode two for season four, episode 165. Overall, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If this is your first time listening, hit that subscribe button, and we appreciate you listening. If you're looking for the podcast out there, if you're watching, you want to know where you can find the podcast if you to listen later this week, you can find it on pretty much every major podcast platform. We redid the podcast a little bit. We changed our hosting site, so we apologize to everybody. That's why it wasn't on Apple Podcasts until about Saturday took a while with the submissions, but we're back rocking and rolling now, but we lost all our ratings and reviews, J-Man. So we are starving, as J-Man says, for ratings and reviews, but we don't want those one-star ratings. We appreciate the... No, we don't. We appreciate the four- and five-star ratings, but just be honest with our ratings and reviews, but it really helps us out. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or if you're watching and want to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, we appreciate that as well. What's going on, J-Man? Nothing. Nothing. I, I kind of missed the review where the uh, reviewer called us adult. Adult, yeah. And uh, we live in our uh, lived with our parents', parents yeah. yeah. Basement. Was, that's all in history now because it's oh, it's not I'm on. Sad there. about that. That was great motivation for us. Didn't motivate me one bit. Nah, man. So I still wonder who that was, but guess we'll never know. <laughs> but the Tan and J Man shows got a new main sponsor for 2020. Sir. The, dam- the damn landing, whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-breaded tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a handcrafted cocktail, the damn landing is the place to be. The damn landing is a bar and grill on beautiful Lake Manitou that focuses on freshness and quality. They take their time to grind their burgers fresh every day and offer an ever-changing menu that focuses on new flavors so you'll never get bored. Enjoy one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic favorites, or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Take in the fantastic views of Lake Manitou in their beer garden or outdoor bar area. Whether by boat or wheels, the Dam Landing is the place to be, located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester, Indiana, and we're proud to have them on board as sponsors of the Tan and J-Man Show. We are big fans of the Dam Landing. Have great burgers, pizza. Epic burgers, hand-tossed pizza, and bread, yeah. tenderloin, seafood. He, he covered it. I don't know why I am uh, re- yes. redoing your Go read. check out the damn landing. If you've never been there, you will not be disappointed. I have some birdie bogey for you. Good. Unless you have anything else you want to add to that. I don't think I do. So Marshawn Lynch has 12 career postseason rushing touchdowns, which is tied for fourth most all-time with? I'll let you know. No, 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 that's not my question. Wait, fourth I'd, most ever. I just want to know who he's tied with right now. and then Playoff uh, touchdowns? Yeah. Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis is one. John Riggins is the other. Oh, but anyway, who has the most rushing touchdowns in a postseason career in Ooh, history? Who? 
Birdie Bogey is brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC, fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mentone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblegnomellc.com. Get your veggies. Yes, sir. Can't really get them right now, but you can get them here in a few months. It is January, yes. You can start thinking what you want. So, we ready for some On This Day, J-Man, sport events that have happened on uh, January 13th. Let's hear it. All time? All right. Um, on this day in 1953, the third NBA All-Star Game was held in Allen County Coliseum of Fort Wayne, Indiana. The West beat the East by a score of 79-75. Who was the MVP of that game? 53? 53. Um, there is a basketball drill named after this guy. Is it uh, George Mikan? It is George Mikan. The Mikan nice. drill. You ever remember running that drill? No. I got cut in sixth grade from the basketball team, so I uh, well, maybe maybe somebody ran in elementary school. Do or something. not have any recollection yeah. of any basketball drills. All right, on this day in 1962, Philadelphia center Wilt Chamberlain scored 73 points in the Warriors' 135-117 win it. over the Chicago Packers. Huh. At the time, it was the most points scored in NBA regulation game, and remains, according to this website, tied for third highest all time. Oh, let's see here. I think I got to scroll down a little bit to find a good one. On this day in 1974, Super Bowl VIII was played in Rice Stadium in Houston, Texas. The Miami Dolphins beat the Minnesota Vikings by a score of 24-7. Who was the MVP? 74? Yep. Um, I think Jake Scott won it in uh, 72-73 season. 74. I'm going to go Larry Zonka. Larry Zonka is correct. Cannot stump the J-Man. Not today. On this day in 1982, Hank Aaron and Frank Robinson were elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Not too shabby. They were pretty good players. And... On this day in 1999, Michael Jordan announced his second retirement just prior to the start of the lockout-shortened 98-99 season. He would then return in 2001 to the Washington Wizards. He was pretty good as well. Wasn't too bad. Um, here's an interesting one. On this day in 2008, the Orlando Magic knocked down a then-NBA record 23 three-pointers in 37 attempts, which is 62.2%. Jameer Nelson goes 5 for 5 from beyond the arc as the Magic beat the Kings 139-107. to I'm sure that record's been shattered. Seems like people make more than twenty three about every teams single teams like the Splash Brothers and every single yeah. game anymore. And on this day last year, Houston guard James Harden scored thirty eight points in the Rockets one sixteen one oh eight loss to Orlando. It was his sixteenth straight game with thirty plus points matching Kobe Bryant's NBA record. He all he also uh, was one of seventeen from behind the arc tying huh. NBA record for most misses. How many points do you have? Thirty eight. Wonder how many shots it took him. Of course, he, he lives at the free throw line, yep. so uh, maybe got majority of his points that and way. And that is the On This Day segment for January 13th. Pretty good stuff there, tan man. Yeah, you know, in my head today, I kind of had a lineup or a format which I wanted to go by, but that all changed this afternoon with some breaking news in the MLB. Why don't you fill us in there, J-Man? Yeah, so this is maybe the biggest, I don't, sports scandal since what? I mean, this is a huge deal. Maybe I, I think it's bigger than Deflate Gate. It's probably the biggest since then. Um, Deflate Gate was a huge deal, but just the penalties handed down were far 
greater than Deflate Gate or even Spygate. Maybe it's definitely the biggest baseball scandal since the Mitchell report came out with the PEDs and all that. Um, the Houston Astros got nailed today. I wouldn't necessarily say the team got nailed. The organization did. And the uh, manager, uh, A.J. Hintz, and general manager, uh, Jeff Lunau, both uh, were sentenced to a one-year suspension. One-season suspension, essentially. It's not a complete full season, as they will be uh, eligible again to find work, because they were then fired by owner Jim Crane. Just a few minutes, it felt like, after the... Uh, Punishment was handed down. The organization also lost uh, first and second round picks in both the 2020 and 2021 drafts, which that's huge for uh, player development wise. And with them out with not having a general manager right now, not many people are going to want that job. And uh, the owner is now taking over baseball operations, which uh, usually does not go very well um, when an owner does that. So uh, if you want to, Make a trade with the Astros. Now's the time. Go try to get Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, George Springer, guys like that. So yeah, not so the penalty in your opinion wasn't harsh enough. It wasn't harsh enough. What should it have um, been then? The players knew what the heck they were doing, sure. and they got off scot free. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got off scot free. Did didn't have anything happen to them? I, I don't know if there's still going to be fines handed down or suspensions or anything like that. They pretty much said that this was going to be it. It felt like anyway. Um, players knew what they were doing, and it sounded like it was kind of player-driven anyway. A.J. Hinch, uh, the findings of Major League Baseball, um, said that he disapproved of the cheating thing and even destroyed a a monitor, a computer monitor, and then uh, he didn't do anything after that. Uh, He knew what was going on. General manager knew what was going on. The owner knew what was going on, but he uh, didn't get hurt that hard. I mean, he... The organization was suspended or uh, fined $5 million, I think, was it. Um, it wasn't harsh enough. I would. I don't know how you can do this in professional sports. Obviously, I do it in college athletics, but give them a one-year postseason ban. Um, it might hurt attendance, money, all that, and even hurt the city maybe. That's why they won't um, do it, I think. But because I mean, I still think fans would show up. Of course, in college sports, it's a little different, but people still showed up at Penn State. They showed up at Louisville. Um, basketball even when they didn't have any hope at an NCAA tournament yeah. showed up at Ohio State. I guess, I guess then though you got basketball. you got boosters and stuff of course that are there but you got college kids mm-hmm. that are playing step professional athletes right. and a lot of times these kids had nothing to do with what happened to the program whereas right. and they, in this case a lot of these right. players had and the col- something to do with The college the, players are the ones getting punished for it and the professional athletes Making millions yeah. of dollars aren't yeah. getting punished at all. But, but I, I think they could make it. I mean, they could make it work if they wanted to for sure. a postseason ban. I mean, you know, okay, they win the uh, AL West. Well, second place wins it. Exactly. Uh, you know, so they unfortunately, that could be a team that's like eighty-two and eighty. Well, but tough hey, teams. Yeah, seriously. Um, players knew what they were doing. They deserve something, and they got nothing. Now, Alex Cora, who was bench coach there, um, sounds like he's going to get the hammer laid down on him. He, uh, I even read that he will have a far harsher penalty than both A.J. Hintz and, Hinch and Jeff Lunau. He was kind of the ringleader and the one that started it a few years ago. So I even heard um, lifetime ban bandied about, which that might be a little too harsh in this case. Uh, but he's, he's going to get hit hard. Sounds like Kel- Carlos Beltran could get hit hard. That's funny now that he's the manager of the Mets. He's the manager of the Mets. Now that's punishment enough in my opinion. <laughs> Me too. manager of the Mets. Uh, but uh, it's a pretty big deal there in baseball. But, again, 
think the players uh, need a little harsher punishment. Well, they, they got nothing. They, Seriously, you got to make them lead by example. I mean, exactly. you got you got you got to you know, um, Hinch. In my opinion, he'll never get another MLB job. Mm-hmm. I think Which he's kind of dug his grave. It's hard to argue with that. No. I think Lunau as well. Lu, Luno has a, a reputation of just not being a very good guy anyway. I mean, he kind of uh, screwed over former number one overall pick. I cannot remember his name right now. He's a lab. Brady Aiken. Uh, they took him number one overall and I think, 14, 2014, and lowballed him. Said they found some injury that just wasn't true at all. Lowballed him, didn't sign him. He has to go to a junior college and actually ends up getting hurt, not pitching that well. He fell, I think, 17 spots in the draft the next year and lost five, six million dollars that way. So Luno has a reputation. Uh, he's a very good talent evaluator, and um, this could be potentially career ending for both of them. Um, now, can they come back from it? Absolutely. But teams don't like taking chances on a guy, especially a guy that's cheating. Now, the Houston Astros um, promoted Joe Espada today to be their uh, full-time manager or in- interim manager for the season. They could just hire him full-time. He was a candidate for the Giants, Cubs, uh, quite a few other jobs this offseason didn't get it. Now, he knew what the heck was going on as well, and he didn't get anything. So I don't know if uh, Jim Crane would want to keep him on full time, but he's the guy that's taking over now. Um, but, I mean, it was just a rough kind of four or five months ever since this came out. I don't know when it actually came out. Yeah, I think it just came out in November, so two months. Um, and it's <laughs> it kind of stinks for the Dodgers because – I mean, the Astros signed Steelen, win a World Series against them. Red Sox signed Steelen, win a World Series against them. Dodgers played uh, clean baseball, you know, and they don't have a World Series to uh, show for it where the Astros do. And Jim Crane said this does not taint their World Series championship, which I think is just a load of bull crap, to be honest, because there's always going to be an asterisk next to uh, – the 2017 World Series champion Astros. Yeah, and and I look at the Astros organization as dirty cheaters now. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the New England Patriots. It's changed my whole perspective on them. People have started to hate the Houston Astros now. It's uh, it's kind of fun we have a new team to hate on because it was, I mean. I haven't liked them for a long time. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, we know a huge Astros fan, which is why we hate them. Uh, but right now they're up in uh, the St. Louis Cardinals book. Wow. For, for me, as far as hate. Of Pretty course, big. it's kind of funny. The St. Louis Cardinals are the one that got busted for hacking their Astros player development database and all that. And uh, they got a hefty uh, punishment for that, but nothing compared to what the Astros got, which still is kind of light, in my opinion. Yep. Yep. It, it, I was just shocked by all the all the news today. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that coming. No. I kind of forgot about it, to be honest. Well, I've been... Just on Twitter and stuff, hearing that it was they were about to drop the hammer soon, and finally they did. And uh, again, I didn't think it was nearly enough as far as uh, punishment for the players. But you know, whatever. Move on. Yep, I definitely wanted to get your opinion on it because I know you're the biggest overall baseball fan I know, um, and you were in tune to the situation a lot more than I was. So. Yeah, I kind of uh, have tried to put baseball out of my mind this off season. Um, but it's kind of tough to do in today's climate. Yep. What do you want to cover next? Let's go college football. Let's do it. Big game tonight. Huge game tonight. Uh, we have the uh, LSU Tigers versus the uh, Clemson Tigers, right? <laughs> yep. Both Tigers. Go Tigers. Tigers going to win. Uh, you know, you got a great quarterback matchup here. Heisman mm-hmm. Trophy win- winner and Joe Burrow 
probably going to be the number one pick by the Cincinnati Bengals. Then you got Trevor Lawrence, probably going to be one of the favorites to win the Heisman, if not the favorite next year. Safe to say, could potentially be the number one pick overall in next year's draft, 2021 draft, against each other. This could be the quarterback version of for college of our generation, kind of like Bird against Bird Johnson was back in yeah. the day. You said that last week, and I was kind of thinking about this week, so you're uh, mm. you're pretty spot on there, uh, Tandem, man. I think it's going to be a good game. I could see it uh, going either way. I think last time I checked, LSU was a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I think that might – I don't know. Uh, I uh, like this LSU team a lot. I actually ran polls on the Tana J-Man Show Twitter and Facebook pages. I'm going to go check those out. Um, just simply asked who you thought was going to win tonight's game. I ran it yesterday. Let's see here. I don't know how many votes I got, but still might be a little time left. It's got one hour left on it, so you can go vote right now on Twitter. 18 votes. 66.7% say LSU. 33.3% say Clemson. And let's go see what Facebook has. Who are you picking? Clemson has the experience factor. Definitely. Although they're still pretty young, I mean, all their really good players are like sophomores. I mean, Travis Etienne's a junior, um, I believe, but I think both both of their stud receivers are sophomores. They might have one junior there. Um, that defense lost a lot from last year, but they're still pretty dang good. Um, their game against Ohio State was the first time under Trevor Lawrence that they were losing by more than seven points, which is just an insane stack. He started, I don't know how many games now, 20 plus games now and they hadn't been losing by more than seven until their playoff game against Ohio State um, LSU you have Joe Burrow as you said who was just ridiculous against Oklahoma through seven touchdowns in the first half uh, their defense is loaded have a good running game great wide receivers I mean I think they had three guys over a thousand yards receiving this year uh, Joe Burrow could break the all-time single season pass touchdown record however this will be the J-man's book it prediction of the week I think the Clemson Tigers win their uh, third out of four years tonight. I don't know Dynasty. Why. Absolute dynasty, and people are going to start hating them, which uh, is okay. The Tannen and J-Man Show Nation on Facebook, 73% said LSU, 27 said Clemson. I think the world or the, the nation is rooting for LSU just because it would be different. The nation and the Tannen and J-Man Show Nation. Um, yes. That's a new uh, thing I'm creating tonight. <laughs> the Tannen and J-Man Show Nation. Yep. Um, I think I will be rooting for LSU just because it'd be fun to see somebody different. I mean, they haven't won in 15 years. Yeah, we've years. seen them one win, w- yeah. win one uh, with the BCS, of course. And this is a fun LSU team. Love Coach O. Joe, Joe Burrow's fun to watch as well. But for whatever reason, I just think Clemson gets it done. So I'm going uh, LSU. Uh, I think it'll be a very close game. 42-31. Put up some points tonight. I guess. The J-Man's Book of Prediction of the Week is brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering. For life, home, auto, renters, business, workers' comp, and farm insurance, contact Travis 219-869-4561. And his email address is travis.watchering at infb.com. He had a good post today on his social media. I saw it was uh, Darren Rovell of Yahoo Sports. I think he's with Yahoo, isn't he? He's bounced around so I think much. he's with Yahoo. No clue. Uh, he had a tweet of he must collect checks or something or signatures or something from just famous pro athletes. And it was a check um, from Ted Williams. And it was actually had stuff about life insurance on there. And Travis had a post that said, even the great 
Hall of Famer Ted Williams have his life insurance, so should you. And it was it was a nice play. So um, definitely, if you're looking for life insurance or any insurance coverage or needs, contact Travis. He'll get you taken care of. Let's stick with football. All right. It's a fun week in the NFL. Another uh, abundance of good games. Mm-hmm. We started off uh, Saturday with the Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers. You missed that one. I did. I missed uh, three or four this week. You did. Uh, 49ers were awfully impressive uh, offensively. They moved the ball pretty much at will against a great defense. And defensively, they have the best defense in football. Uh, they shut down old Kirk Cousins. and um, You like that? I personally didn't because I picked uh, picked <laughs> picked them to yeah, win. Um, I liked it. Richard Sherman had an interception. And went, I like that. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of cheesy. But, yeah, he's uh, kind of a jerk. The 49ers look awfully impressive. Yeah. Um, I've said this many, 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 many times on the podcast. I like Kyle Shanahan. I like a lot of their coaching staff. I think I think this team's built to do it. Um, yeah, and they'll be playing against the Green Bay Packers, who won the nightcap last night, hunt on to win the nightcap yes. against uh, Seattle Seahawks. They about blew an 18-point lead. Tried, but uh, Rodgers made big plays when needed. Seahawks uh, loss due to an Illini dropping a pass uh, for a first down that put him at the 50 with about uh, three and a half minutes left. Malik Turner had it right in the bread basket and dropped it. They ended up going three and out and not even getting the ball back. So it's kind of a fitting way for uh, Seahawks to lose. When you put your faith in the Illini football player, it usually doesn't go very well for you. Yeah, it's good. so it's, it's an NFC matchup of traditional a traditional teams who have been really successful yeah. over time in the NFL. Uh, maybe not so much our lifetime. Um, we've seen the uh, Niners make two Super Bowls in our lifetime, win one. Packers have made three and won two in our lifetime, but historically they're two of the more successful franchises and most popular probably, even though I don't know too many Niner fans. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be a good one. Um, and then on the AFC side, we had a shocker Saturday night. Uh, the Titans did it again. And, you know, not only did the Titans go to New England and win last week, go to Baltimore and win over the weekend. They also went to Houston in a must-win game mm-hmm. for them in Week 17. They were road, road warriors. I mean, Houston, of course, was without their main guy. Sure. But still, I mean, going on the road and putting up 40-some points is pretty impressive. And then, of course, doing it in New England. I mean, this is one of the greatest upset playoff runs in uh, playoff history, especially if they can uh, cap it off this weekend oh, against my goodness. Uh, Kansas City has a sixth seed going to New England, Baltimore, and Kansas City. That'd be the greatest run to Super Bowl I've ever seen. I bet they'll be double-digit dogs again um, yeah. like they were. I, I think they might have been nine, nine and a half, and a half uh, still. for Baltimore. I, I don't remember what it was Man. in New England. but I go back to the beginning of that Baltimore game. They picked off Lamar Jackson. and All the momentum shifted and never looked back. Well, it's kind of funny because Baltimore uh, had the ball and were moving pretty good. And I said, you know, some teams uh, – kind of come out and they're really nervous at home but it doesn't look like that and then Lamar throws a pick off of Mark Andrews hands game completely changed um Derrick Henry did what Derrick Henry does he's a beast and um, there's no reason a guy that big should be that fast no and it's it's so crazy that he doesn't get hurt because he's such an upright runner for being 250 pounds um he's just he's impossible to tackle especially if you have a lead late you hand it off to Henry 30 times a game. Anyway, that defense is going to be worn down. Yep. And it's just going to be impossible to tackle, and he won that game for him. Ryan Tannehill was fantastic. 
Uh, made two huge throws, touchdown throws early. Took care of the ball, did what he had to do, and uh, they're rolling right now. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, they got the win. Um, upset and bounced with the number one seeded Baltimore Ravens and MVP or soon-to-be MVP Lamar Jackson. Then yesterday, saw the Houston Texans get out to a 24-0 lead against the Chiefs, then get shellacked. Got whooped. They gave up 40 unanswered points. Yeah. 41 unanswered Down a half after being up 24-0. You've never... I've never seen something like that happen before. I said when uh, Bill O'Brien decided to kick that field goal on fourth and inches instead of going for it, and then the Chiefs had the uh, long kickoff return to about the 40 or 30. I said, Chiefs are winning this game, and but I did not anticipate them uh, winning the game by halftime. I mean, being up 28-24. Um, Patrick Mahomes, I know you hate him. But, but but I, I'm not going to say he's not good. He's right. unbelievable. He's entertaining to watch, but I don't like him because he's going to torment my team two times a year for the next 12 years. It's going to suck. <laughs> it's going to be like what you went through with Brady all these years, except yeah. your team found ways to beat Brady. Yeah, I mean, compared to a lot of teams. My team's awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, uh, but, yeah, no, it's uh, the Chiefs have weapons everywhere. I think the Titans can get up on them. Mm-hmm. I think they can. I mean, they just got to stick to their game, playing ground and pound, but you got to score a lot of points against the Chiefs. But I think the Titans will bring the hammer defensively more physically to them than the Texans did. You think Vrabel will have them ready to go? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Um, they do have the recipe. I mean, you're going to have to score a lot of points, but they have the recipe offensively. Look what the Colts did against them earlier exactly. in the year. Exactly. Look what – didn't did Houston win there too? Yeah, um, but not, not but this go-around. They will pressure Patrick Mahomes. They will hand it off to uh, Derrick Henry. I bet they hand it off 40 times. Oh, yeah, I, I believe that. 40 times, uh, just keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes, let the clock run down, and um, I don't think they're going to win, but they have that recipe to do it because they, they have best punter in football as well, Brett Kern, who routinely pins guys inside the 10. They do have a, a rough kicking game, though, yes. um, which could be something to keep an eye on. So. Chiefs had some early special team blunders yesterday. Yeah, blocked uh, punt, touchdown, mm-hmm. um, a muffed punt inside the By 10. By Tyreek Hill. Yeah. But then Houston had a, some special team blunders too. Yep. So the Chiefs are seven and a half point favorites. Right now? Yes. I'm surprised it's not bigger than that. It, People are starting maybe to believe in the Titans a little bit more. Over under is 52. It's a tough They They hit the over um, in the first half um, this week. So. And the Niners are seven point favorites. Over under is 45. Niners okay. are seven point favorites. Wow. Against the 13 and three Packer team. They did whoop on Green Bay. Um, I think it was a Monday night game. How bad does Aaron Rodgers need this? He has one in his back pocket. He does. He needs just like Drew Brees, one in one attempt. He probably, of course, he would like another. Sure. Um, I don't think he'd really need it. It's interesting if he makes this. If they win, he's right there with Favre, two appearances in a Packer uniform. Yeah. And if he can cap that off, does he pass Favre for greatest Packer ever? I think he's already the greatest already, Packer well, quarterback ever. Yeah, I probably agree with you there, but I know a lot of Packer fans wouldn't agree. Which is just asinine. But but who who do you like in the two games? Man, uh, I I think Chiefs are going to win something like 34-17. I really don't think it's going to be close. Um, 
of course. We both picked them before the season started, the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, Our I, NFC teams I, are out. I think you had the Seahawks. I did. You had Saints. I had the Saints. Yep, so. But at least out. they both made the Yeah, we were close this um, year and like last most, <laughs> most, most years. seasons. Um, but as I said, Titans have the recipe. Ryan Tannehill has to make more plays. He's only thrown, I think, a combined, what is it, 170 yards this postseason. He's going to have to go out there and make plays. If the plays. Titans pull this off and Tannehill make some plays, I'd be tempted to buy a Tannehill shirt. <laughs> I wouldn't, but I'd be tempted. It it, it would be quite a great uh, homecoming for Ryan Tan. He's not oh, from Miami. A great storyline. Uh, great story. Team gives up on him, which, I mean, it was time to give up on and him. I would think a lot of Dolphin fans are probably rooting for him, but yep. yet it would sting to see him playing in the Super Bowl in Miami. It, a little bit, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Um, I'm definitely rooting for him. I, I, Tannehill's a heck of a nice guy, heck of a good guy. Um, I think he's found a home. Yeah, most uh, Dolphins fans – feel like a root for him um, pretty heavily. Some, of course, won't just because he couldn't do it in Miami, which who has done it? Well, they got – you know, they, they were praising Marcus Mariota for doing such a good job on the scout team of Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. While he doesn't have the arm of Patrick Mahomes, he can um, do the run-pass option right. a lot. He can uh, – yeah. And Pat, like that, Patrick so. Mahomes isn't a runner, but he had over 50 yards rushing um, against – He's a good uh, athlete. He can move. He's a really good athlete, so – It'll be interesting, of course. I, I thought he did. He obviously did a really good job impersonating uh, Lamar Jackson. Sure. They did a heck of a good job stopping him, um, especially with his legs. So. Yeah, we're looking at. Um, before I make a pick, we're looking at you know a Titan team that's made one Super Bowl ever and lost. Looking at a Chief team that does have a Super Bowl victory in Super Bowl Four against the Vikings. That was fifty years ago. <laughs> we got a team in the San Francisco. Their last Super Bowl win. Came back in uh, 96, I believe, against the Chargers when they were still the San Diego Chargers. Is that 95? I think the game was played in okay. 96. 95 season. Um, yeah. No. Uh, maybe it was 95. I don't know. I don't know. It was um, It was Super Bowl 29. And um, <laughs> then you got the Packers that won one about a decade ago against the Steelers. Is that 2011? Super Bowl 2010 yes, season. Yes, yes. Okay. It was um, Super Bowl 45. Terrible. 45. Terrible with the numbers. I think the nation will be rooting for somebody other than Green Bay. Cause Green Bay, in my opinion, I don't know a ton of Green Bay fans. I know a few, um, but they are up there with my hatred of, like, the Dallas Cowboys. Just – Kind of an insufferable franchise that hasn't won. Of course, they've won one far more recently than uh, Dallas. But I just there's something about the Green Bay Packers I cannot stand. I like Kyle this Kyle Shanahan led San Francisco team a lot better than the John Harbaugh one. Jim Harbaugh, Jim right. Harbaugh one. I'm with you. Um, but I can understand a lot of older fans not liking either of these teams because they mm-hmm. were so good for so long. But um, and on the AFC, I'm, I'm going for the Titans, of course, as a Bronco fan. But I can see that pretty split because Kansas City is a fun team to watch. But this Titan team, I feel like America's kind of behind them too besides right. AFC South fans. So it'll be I interesting. I think NFL executives and TV executives will not would not like the Titans in there. I think they're, they're rooting for a Chiefs-Packers. Yeah, absolutely. Re- really, Chiefs versus either Niners and Packers yep. would be fine with them. Um, well, I think I think the Chiefs Packers what they want Mahomes against Rodgers is bigger right. rating than Mahomes against a good defense right. and Jimmy yeah, that's G. Fair. That's fair. But uh, I want to know what the Tan and J who the Tan and J Man Show Nation, Nation wants to win. Let us know on our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Give us a like. 
Give us a follow at Tan and J-Man Show and at the Tan and J-Man Show if you haven't already. But my picks, I'm picking the Chiefs, unfortunately. I hate it. I want to throw up saying that. <laughs> I hope it's a good game. I hope the Titans at least give them a good contest, but I'm picking the Chiefs. And I'm picking the 49ers, the team I praised all offseason and then wussed out and went said 6-10. and 10. But uh, there was a guy on the NFL Network that had them 3-13 and 13 before the season, so I feel a little better about that. Makes you feel a little, better, feel a little better. Yep. Um, I am picking the Chiefs as well. I said 34-17. Uh, I am also picking the 49ers. I'm picking just mainly because I want that to happen. Because <laughs> I don't like, there, done that. don't like the Packers. I think that will be a phenomenal game. Rodgers against that defense. Packers have a great running game as well. San Francisco also has three really good running yep. backs. And Moster, Breda, Breda and um, Coleman. Devin Coleman. Um, George Kittle could be a factor. Although Jimmy Graham had a great game uh, for the Packers. And he caught the game clinching touchdown. Um, two pretty two pretty evenly matched teams. San Francisco, I think, obviously has the edge at quarterback, but San Francisco has the edge and um, on their defense. I, Packers have the edge at quarterback, I meant to say. Uh, but give me uh, 49ers, 27-24. It's crazy to think uh, the 49ers are about six inches away against Seattle of having to be on the road and Green right. Bay having home field advantage. But yeah, that ends games up a matter be, of uh, inches. Being huge uh, for uh, – Sure. San Francisco on Warm weather instead of cold weather. So yeah, we'll see. I don't know what the forecast is supposed to be like in Kansas City, but Josh will look it up. Of course, we're about a week. It's probably, it's probably so. going to be pretty cold, I would think. But the Titans are used to it. I mean, they're right there. And eh, Tennessee's warmer than Missouri, right? Usually, yes. About, yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, it, it should be good. These playoffs have been really competitive so far. Been really entertaining. Can't complain. Some of the best ones I've as, seen in a while. As of right now, the high in Kansas City is 29 for chilly. Sunday. Yep. So I'm going to check San Francisco real quick. A little chilly. At least it's not snow. Snow's, snow games are fun, Yeah. Um, especially when your team's not in one. Uh, Sunday, 58 and sunny out in San Francisco. It's pretty nice. It's real pretty nice for, pretty, pretty good. for uh, what will it be, January 18th? No, January 19th on Sunday. Well, yeah, yeah January 19th. Years. So. Yeah. Any other closing thoughts on the NFL? It's kind of sad it's winding to an end. Both, uh, both of our uh, teams had some movement coaching staff-wise lately. Yeah, uh, Dolphins have almost cleaned house besides uh, head coach Flores. It's kind of interesting because uh, I thought their offensive coordinator did a heck of a job with the hand he was dealt, but he fired him, Chad O'Shea. I don't know if he's hooked on anywhere. But Chan Gailey coming out of retirement, hasn't coached in four years. So he was the Bills head coach back when Ryan Fitzpatrick was there, and he was the Jets' offensive coordinator when Ryan Fitzpatrick was there. Connect the dots there. Um, he was one of the creators of the spread offense, runs a lot of uh, four wide receiver sets. I am not thrilled with it. Um, he's 67 years old. I don't know if the – and he hasn't coached in four years, as I said, so I don't know if the game's passed him by or not. Uh, but we'll find out. He is – I have read that he is an absolute perfect – Offensive coordinator fit for a guy like Tua Tungvaloa, so maybe that's why they did it. Of course, it's no guarantee Dolphins end up with him, um, but it'd be a perfect fit for him. And their defensive coordinator, you don't see too many coordinators or head coach leave for same position at a different team, but that's what the Dolphins' defensive coordinator did. And Patrick Graham sounds like the Dolphins. Where's he coming from? Where'd he come from? He came from Green Bay. Okay, I didn't, I didn't didn't know. But he was Dolphins defensive coordinator and left for the Giants. Okay, okay, I got so, you. Okay, he left. Yeah, I, I he, was thinking they got one no, no, no. from he, somebody else. Okay, he, my bad. He left. I got confused. Uh, okay, 
yep. the Dolphins for the Giants, and he was, I think, Green Bay's linebacker coach. Gotcha. Or something. Okay. But it uh, sounds like uh, they let him go because, I mean, you can decline uh, permission to interview him if he's leaving for a lateral position. But it sounds like Dolphins wanted to keep their uh, young guy, Josh Boyer, who was just promoted uh, to defensive coordinator. So it sounds like they actually wanted to promote him anyway. So it kind of worked out. So And you kind of had a funny thing happen, which doesn't happen very often. Oh, yeah. You had one this? of your favorite teams poach a coach from one of your other favorite teams. Uh, Illinois football is not one of my favorite teams. Sure it they is, are. It is a team I watch just nope. to give me something to watch on You're on Saturdays. the bandwagon. Um, but the Dolphins poached Illinois' best recruiter <laughs> and defensive line coach, Austin Clark, to coach their outside linebackers. So it, uh, the Dolphins really hurt um, Illinois' football program because he was an energetic recruiter, felt like a college guy through and through, too, 30 years old. Um, he's not much older than us, which is sad to say. Uh, he, I think I don't remember where he played, but Illinois got him from USC. I uh, had great West Coast connections. Uh, their defensive line played pretty well this year. And um, they lost all four starters on their defensive line as well. So it'll be tough uh, recruiting out there because they're going to have to hit the grad transfer market yep. heavy for defensive line. And now Austin Clark, they don't even have a position coach right now there. So Broncos fired uh, office coordinator Rich Gangarello after only one year of being not only their office coordinator but offense coordinator as a whole yesterday. I was very surprised by that. I didn't think – you know, if they made a move, I thought it would be a long time ago, right after the season ended, but I didn't think they'd make any staff changes. But, you know, sometimes names become available that you have a chance to get you didn't think you were going to get at one time. That's what happened with Pat Shermer, who was the Giants, recently the New York Giants head coach. He's also been office coordinator with Case Keenum at Minnesota. With Philadelphia, he had really good years under Nick Foles. Um, he's also, I think, Bradford at one time. Hmm. Um, he's been around, but he's he's good at developing young quarterbacks. He did that with Daniel Jones this year, and he supposedly liked Drew Locke a lot last year when he was the Giants coach. So uh, Fangio, this was all of a Vic Fangio move. They said he was, you know, him and uh, Scangarella didn't always seem eye to eye, see eye to eye. He wants more of an aggressive play caller and uh, throw the ball downfield a little more. So we'll see. I'm kind of nervous about Drew Locke having to. Learn yet another system, but they must be pretty confident in or they wouldn't have done the move. Speaking of Ryan Tannehill, in his seven years in Miami, he had four or five different yeah. offensive coordinators. This is five in the last five years for Denver. It's not so great. it's getting kind of old. What, so. what the heck ever happened to Sam Bradford? He was getting paid by the Cardinals last time I knew, big time, but I think he's officially retired. I'm going to run him through so. the Google machine. Right All right, we done with the NFL talk now? I think so. Let's talk some Big Ten basketball. Wild. All right. Wild and crazy Big Ten basketball, the conference that is drunk, according to my Twitter, because nobody can figure it out what's going on. It's pretty much home team wins, road team loses. Or, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much kind of Last time on. I checked. Still which, tough. I think it was Saturday. Road teams were 5-32, and 32, I want to say. Yeah. Um, now they'd be 5-34, and 34, probably. They might have actually been 5-30, and 30, so maybe now they're 5-32. and 32. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but there's only four – Teams that have actually won a road game, uh, Rutgers, Michigan State, Wisconsin's won two, and Illinois. Illinois should have two of six, uh, essentially, which would be 33%. Um, but, yeah, it's been uh, pretty crazy. I mean, it's tough to win on the road in the Big Ten anyway, but this year it just seems like it's impossible. Well, you had a pretty good week last week. I'm feeling pretty dang good How's for your the sweatshirt? first time Shows. since 2014, 1,869 days. The Illini are ranked in the AP poll, 
Ranked 24th. Feels pretty good. Streak is broken. Yes, they'll be ranked for two weeks, and then they won't be uh, two weeks from today, Um, assuming they beat Northwestern on Saturday. Because then they have at Purdue and at Michigan, so that won't be easy. But feeling pretty good. Had a great week. Of course, we talked about uh, the last Sunday night, the shellacking, the uh, murder, the uh, just soul-crushing. Hopefully, uh, season turnaround. Thank you, Illinois. Uh, Again, it seems like every (laughs) – yeah. Every couple of years, Illinois just so, whoops on that's Purdue. Kick, and it kick in the butt around. Purdue needed, hopefully. Um, but then they go on the road, and I had the gall to pick Illinois to win in Wisconsin. You did. Um, did I actually believe they were going to? No, because it's been so tough to win on the road in the Big Ten. And they were down essentially the whole game. Wisconsin could not get the lead above seven. Illinois just kept hanging around, hanging around. And then Mr. Uh, future first-round pick and maybe first-team All-Big Ten player in Io DeSumo scored or assisted on all of their last 14 points, including hitting a step back, um, reincarnated a uh, Michael Jordan move um, in the uh, finals against the You just the used Io DeSumo and Michael Jordan in the same sentence. They're from Chicago, man. Did, did, did you ever see that side-by-side? No, I, side? I didn't. It was the exact same move, except Io didn't push off. Uh, but he made Brad Davison look like an absolute fool. Fool. There you go. Um, I tried to clean it up there for you, and I'm glad I did. Um, I but, helped you out. <laughs> but uh, Brad Davison's one of the best defenders in the conference, and Io had 18 points, uh, six rebounds, five assists. He was awesome. And then he did it again on Saturday against Rutgers, which that was a uh, grinded out rock fight of a game. Rutgers. They're a really solid team. Well, I'm still not a believer. And, you know, av- after you said that and I said, no, I think they're a return team, I'm more on your side now. I think they're um, very improved. I think uh, mm-hmm. Pykele's a great coach. It's just one of those things. Kind of like Penn I'll, State. I'll too. believe it when I see it right. that they make the tournament. Um, of course, they're without Geo Baker. Sure. He's their best shot yeah, maker. Absolutely. But they're best tough. Player. They're so physical. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminded me of a mid-2000s kind of college basketball game before the freedom of movement Rules took a hold. Uh, they were just beating the tar out of each other, and uh, refs weren't calling uh, many fouls. It was kind of fun to see. There wasn't much flow, and it was a really ugly game. Um, but Illinois had to find a way to win ugly because they haven't been able to do that. Defense, once again, has been phenomenal this year after being one of the worst in the country the past two years. The systematic philosophical change uh, Brad Underwood made. Um, and now they have the number one defensive efficiency in the co- in the uh, conference, and they're leading in points per game against, I believe. But uh, Io DeSumo was awesome again on Saturday. Uh, he had 18 points again and hit, went six for six from the free throw line uh, with under a minute remaining and uh, made some huge plays. Uh, Andres Feliz was also really good in the second half, and Kofi Coburn won his sixth Big Ten Freshman of the Week award, uh, which is I did not anticipate him have this kind of season uh, for them, but they've needed every single bit of it. Um, a few uh, things of note, Trent Frazier's not shooting the ball well at all still. Uh, it's been this way for a couple weeks now. However, he's still finding ways to help the team. Again, he's played just great defense, held Demetric tries to eight points on 10 shots on Wednesday and held uh, Rutgers point guard. I do not remember his name. It's like McConnell or something. I haven't um, watched Rutgers like play much this four year. Four points. So. But he's only turned the ball over twice in the past eight games and has not turned it over in, I think, four games. And, I mean, he 
handles the ball a lot. So uh, that's been huge for them. Georgie Bashanishvili's just had not a very good year. Uh, he played great second half on Wednesday in Wisconsin, a great second half against Rutgers, but he needs to find some consistency. He grabbed a huge offensive rebound late um, against Rutgers that essentially sealed it. He kicked it out, and Io drove and scored on a goal 10 to put him up four. Um, you would like to see some consistency out of them, but I'm liking the way this thing's heading, and, of course, first time in five years that they've been They're ranked, second so. in the Big Ten right now. This is the first time they've been over 500 in Big Ten play since 2015, which I was the same year. got some crazy streaks going on. It's pathetic. Getting broken, finally. I I saw a stat today. I don't want to go look it up, but it was something like in the 2010s, Illinois was ranked for 29 weeks. In the 2000s, from 2000 to 2010, it was like 140 weeks they were ranked or something. And then at 29 weeks, 2010 to 2019, and hopefully – more than just one or two weeks here. Just don't fall Saturday. Or, um, yeah, they better not. That would be just uh, soul-crushing. Yeah, so. certainly would. Yeah, I'm feeling better than I was a week ago. Couldn't feel much worse. It's crazy uh, how one win well, can just change your Just a week, even a close loss. Right. Uh, Purdue had a double overtime loss at Michigan Wednesday, which, you know, if one thing falls a different direction, Purdue wins that game. Is what it is, though. They had a historical performance. Uh, or Trayvon Williams, 36 points, 20 boards. First Boilermaker to do that since Bob Ford back in 1971. Then they uh, returned back to Mackey Arena where the Mackey magic is just, it's a real thing. There's something Absolutely. about it. They shellacked the number eight ranked, as of yesterday, number eight ranked Michigan State Spartans, 71-42. The same point differential they beat Virginia by earlier this year when Virginia was ranked in the top ten. Um, Purdue's won five of their last six matchups at home against top ten teams. Just pretty crazy. Uh, they've actually won. I believe they are. Uh, they have four wins by twenty-five plus points over top twenty-five teams in the last three years. There's a couple teams. There's like three other teams that do it twice. Then there's seven teams that have done that once, something like that. I, I could have got that stat wrong, but they've done it four times. Um, but they they played great yesterday. Pretty much everybody I thought on the team played well. Evan Boudreau had his best Boogie. game in a pretty uniform. I thought Nogel Eastern was awesome, ma- making his case for Big Ten Defense Player of the Year. Um, he and Eric Hunter shut Cassius Winston down at 10 points, 9 turnovers. Two games before that combined, he had 59 points and only 4 turnovers. I thought Matt Painter just coached circles around Tom Ezzo yesterday, which doesn't happen very often. Speaking of Matt Painter, you shared a stat earlier. Matt Painter is now 11 and 15 all time against Tom Izzo. The rest of active Big 10 coaches are 14 and 69 against him. Which of course Painter's the second longest tenured in the Big 10 then Fran McCaffrey's up there. A lot of the coaches are newer, but that's still a crazy stat. I thought that just shows you Michigan State and Tom Izzo's dominance over everybody. Uh Purdue's beat Michigan State now four straight times in Mackey Arena. Um, they don't play up at East Lansing this year, so they won't see him unless it's in the Big Ten tournament, which I'd be fine with just not seeing them again this year. But uh, that felt good. I've been on record saying, besides Indiana, Michigan State is my favorite team in college basketball for Purdue to beat. So it uh, felt really good. Mackey was rocking. And like I was telling you earlier before we recorded, Purdue's only lost five games in the last four years in Mackey. Uh, that was uh, Villanova, Iowa. Was by three, wasn't Villanova, it? Villanova, Iowa, Minnesota, Texas. In Ohio State. They've won 15 straight Big Ten home games, which is the second longest streak in school history. Wow. So, 
They're going to lose their next one. Hope not. Hope they keep it rolling, <laughs> but that'll be a tough match. Illinois is a tough matchup for Purdue. But uh, both Purdue and Illinois have the week off. Illinois hosts Northwestern Saturday. Purdue travels to Maryland. Won't be an easy one, but that would be big. If Purdue can get a good quality road win right there, right there they're back. They might even be off the bubble for a little bit, which would be weird. I think they're right on the bubble right now. Um, it's hard to tell on January 13th. Last year it's this time, they had the same record. Pointless so, to look at at this it point. Is. But uh, let's look at Big Ten games, or let's talk about Indiana real quick before we get to Big Ten games. They had a good win over then-ranked number 11 Ohio State home, 66-54. Impressive thing about that win was they went to the last nine to nine and a half minutes in the first half without scoring a bucket. We're only down three. And we're only down three and a half. They went on a huge run to yeah. start the second half. Ohio State's lost four in a row. Uh, they struggled to score. They're all of a sudden 11-5, and five, and they are, they're tied for last in the conference with Northwestern. You hate to see it. What are they ranked there? Are they even ranked? I they lost at Maryland on I believe Tuesday last. You know week. I don't have it right here. My phone's still showing yesterday's rankings. But, oh, it says twenty first. I just flipped okay. to the next week. Twenty first. So they fell eleven. They fell, fell ten spots in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but good win for Indiana. Much needed because I know their fans weren't feeling very good after squeaking out a win at home against Northwestern. Yeah. Early in the week, but um, they're right there too. They're they're not on the bubble. I wouldn't say, but they've only played two road games. They go on the road twice this get, week. Going to get tough one. At Rutgers and at Nebraska. Nebraska team, it took them overtime to beat at home. So um, Again, it's just it's been cre- impossible to win on the road. It's an so. impossible conference to predict. I mm-hmm. mean, week or night to night last week, if I picked the team to win, they'd probably lose. <laughs> and um, that's why we're going to pick games right here, and I'm probably going to miss them all. But no games tonight, but tomorrow we got triple header. Nebraska at Ohio State. Ohio State absolutely bounces back and wins by 25 to 30 points. If they don't, um, I mean, they won 11 of their first 12 games, like you said. Now they've lost four in a row. If they don't win that one at home, it might be time to panic in Columbus a little bit. They just don't shoot the ball very well. Mm. Iowa at Northwestern. Which Iowa team is going to show up? Right. Uh, They absolutely took it to Maryland on Friday night. Um, Northwestern is the worst team in the conference, although they did have a uh, win at home against Nebraska. They held on. Uh, but give me Iowa on the road. I agree with the Ohio State pick and the Iowa pick. Number 17, Maryland, who is 13-3 at 10-6, and Wisconsin. Wisconsin, tough tough team to figure really out. Really tough team to figure out. They played great uh, against Penn State. I thought they played pretty well against Illinois, too. Just uh, Illinois play, made plays late. Maryland needs this one as mm-hmm. well. Uh, after, of course, I said they got whooped on Friday. Of a well, Maryland is zero and three on the road, but they're undefeated at home. Give me Wisconsin at home. They're seven and one at home. Tough place to year. win at. I was very fortunate. Illinois found a way to do it, though. I'm going to take Wisconsin in a close one. I think it'll be a very close game. Uh, Wednesday night slate: uh, Indiana at Rutgers. Indiana's 0-2 on the road. Rutgers is 11-0 in the rack. 13-3 Indiana, 12-4 Rutgers. They've beaten Penn State, Wisconsin, Seton Hall, um, all there. Uh, Rutgers is a tough matchup for really anyone because of their defense. I'm assuming Geo Baker's not playing, but I'm not sure. No idea. He broke his thumb, I want to say. Shooting hand? I'm not sure. That would. Um, But give me Rutgers at home in a close one. I'm actually going to take Indiana in this one. I just – I I don't know why. I, I honestly don't know why because uh, it's probably not a good matchup physicality-wise for Indiana, but 
I think they make some shots, and that's the difference maker. They haven't shot the ball well from the outside this year. They started off hot the other day against Ohio State. Fennessey hit three, three threes right in a row. Um, he got going, but then he ended up with, I think, 13 points. Nine of them were in the first three minutes. Um, and then got Penn State at Minnesota Wednesday night. Minnesota coming off a big win at home. They're 8-1 at Michigan. home. Penn State's 1-2 and two on the road. Penn State needs it. I mean, they've been ranked for a little while now. Now they're not ranked. Uh, they uh, got beat pretty handily by Wisconsin on Saturday. Wisconsin's beat them 13 or 14 straight times. Uh, this Minnesota team, although I think they're nine and seven or yes. uh, nine and seven, uh, they had really tough non-conference schedule. I think they're still pretty dang. And they good could team. easily be uh, ten and six. They lost that double overtime mm-hmm. game to Purdue. Marcus Carr is one of the best point guards in the league. Daniel Oturo is having a comparable season to Luca Garza. No one's even talking about Gabe Kalisher's good still, a great shooter as a sophomore. Uh, give me Minnesota at home. Got two games Friday night. Wisconsin at number fifteen. Michigan State. Michigan State dropped seven uh, spots in the poll. Got to think Michigan State's gonna be out for blood in this one. Yeah, give me Michigan State. They uh, <laughs> they bounce back in a uh, pretty big way. They that, don't lose out. That makes that Maryland game even bigger for Wisconsin early in the week. Mm-hmm. You got Maryland at home and at Michigan State. Yeah, because yeah, it's they're right on the bubble. Yeah, I like the Spartans. I think pretty easily mm-hmm. in that game. Then you got Michigan at Iowa. Another tough one to predict. Carver Hawkeye is a uh, incredibly tough place to and they, play. They met already once this year. Michigan yes, squeaked one out. With them. Um, Michigan needs a win because they're starting to struggle here. They could have easily lost to Purdue at home um, last Thursday. I think Iowa gets it done. Uh, I, I think Howard's ha- Howard hadn't adapted his coaching style yet, and it's catching up to him big time. Yeah, I'm still – I was sold on him early because they yeah, had those you were. great I remember wins. that. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina, though, turned out to be one of 500. the worst teams in the yeah, ACC, 500. who would have thought. Uh, Gonzaga's still really good. Yeah, I hate to that's, see it. that's a great win. But as of right now, I would go on record and say Michigan does not make the NCAA tournament this year. I like Iowa at home, uh, especially when they're shooting well. They're tough to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, then Saturday we got four games. Number 21, Ohio State at Penn State at noon. That's another big one for Ohio State. It's a tough place to play, but I think they Penn get State's it Penn State's 9-1 at home. Ohio State's 1-3 and three on the road. I think Penn State starts a little bit of a tail spin right now. I'll take Penn State at home in this one. Switched up a little bit. Ohio State needs to win both this week. Then you got Purdue at Maryland. Like I said, uh, Purdue's one and four on the road, but that's also neutral games. But Maryland's ten and zero at home. Maryland's not a good offensive team. Purdue's not a good offensive nope. team on the road. Uh, I think I'm just going to have to take the home team here by sure. four. Fifty-eight, fifty-four. It's always a close game in Maryland when these two mm. teams play. It's weird. Um, I think the key comes down to Sasha Stevanovich if he's hitting some shots, which he actually usually hits about two on the road. But if he's shooting well, because I think some of these other guys are starting to get confidence playing within themselves in their role. No, Joe Eastern looked as aggressive as I've seen him all year yesterday, attacking the glass. But I think Maryland wins it in a close one. Matt Painter will and does coach circles around Mark Turgeon. I don't think Turgeon's a very good coach. Bottom half of the Big Ten coach. Uh, Northwestern at the number 24-ranked fighting Illini. Um, I'm going to take the Illini. Uh, I don't think they have a setback this uh, this weekend, anyway. Northwestern, I think six and nine, six and nine, one and four, one and four road conference. Um, they're yep. not a good team. They are playing a little better. Gave Indiana all they wanted, then one at home. Uh, but give me Illinois, seventy to fifty-six. Illinois beat this team in the previous matchup last year, seventy-four sixty-nine. That was I li- a Big Ten tournament. I, I like Illinois pretty comfortably in this one. I hope so. 
And then the nightcap Saturday night, Indiana and Nebraska. I think Indiana wins this one. Uh, Nebraska might end up being the worst team in the conference. Uh, they will Purdue, too. That's embarrassing. I forgot about that. I, <laughs> I completely didn't. forgot I didn't. about that. Um, you played them at the wrong time. <laughs> I don't just, know if you can even say that about a team. Another, like yeah. yeah. Um, but I think Indiana wins this one. I do, too. I have them going to another this week. Big week for the Hoosiers. And Sunday, one Big Ten game, Minnesota at Rutgers. Give me Rutgers. I think they get a uh, huge – that's pretty – Huge win yep. if they can beat uh, – especially, I mean, they could win both home games this week and be right back in it. And the other two uh, big-time local programs, Notre Dame has one game this week. Georgia Tech, I believe, they're on the road. Ah, Notre Dame. Yeah, they've been losing a lot of close games, but mm-hmm. I think they get that one done. Butler plays uh, Seton Hall tomorrow. Give me Seton Hall. I think Butler finally – Butler. Oh, Christ. <laughs> um, Give me Butler. Yeah, he can. For, for some reason, I was thinking it was at Seton Hall, and I have no – I didn't know they played Seton Hall. It's just in my mind I had him. No, I think it's at Butler. I will double-check Seems like Butler's quick. been on the road quite a bit at St. John's. And then they go at to Providence. at DePaul next week. Oh, they'll beat DePaul. DePaul's awoken. And Butler is at home. It's Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Seton Hall's 18th. Butler's number five. It's going to be a good game, but I like Butler. Then they go to uh, um, DePaul. The ball Saturday. Give me the dogs in that one. They only have one loss? Yeah. It was a missed uh, floater by uh, Baldwin where they would have beat Baylor. Baylor's the number one team in the country. Next week, next Tuesday, Butler goes to Villanova. That'll be a tough one. Baylor just killed Kansas at Fog Allen on uh, Saturday. That was awesome. I think they've submitted themselves as the best team in the country. Because I believe now Kansas and Purdue are tied for the best home record in the last four years. I think Mm -hmm. that tied them with that loss. Nice. So, yep, um, crazy stuff going on in Big Ten, but it's yes, been sir. it's been uh, fun, but also frustrating stressful. to watch. Very stressful. Now that Illinois is actually halfway decent, uh, I am not enjoying watching them as much. It's kind of <laughs> sure. weird. Um, yep. But uh, you want your first and birdie, Boggy? Yep. Marshawn Lynch has 12 career postseason rush touchdowns, tied for fourth most all time with Terrell Davis and John Riggins. Who has the most? Man. You could even do the top three if you wanted, but I just want to know the most. I'm trying to think of people who have been in the playoffs a bunch. I am just blanking on running backs in my head. This guy played in our lifetime. Uh, I don't think that his teams were good enough. Um, Marshall Falk. No, he is not in the top three. Dang it. All-time leading rusher. All-time leading rusher. Emma wow. Smith. Can can you name the two uh, behind him that were in front of T.D. Riggins and Lynch? Mm, man, I am bad when it comes to running backs. One one guy was a Dolphin at the tail end of his career in, like, 99. <laughs> I just give it. I, I, Thurman Thomas. Franco Harris. Each had 16. Dude, I could have guessed. 20 guys. Emmett Smith had 19. Besides Marshall Falk, Jerome Bettis came to my mind. I'm like, his teams weren't good enough. So Emmett had 19 career posts. I completely forgot about him. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that's a good question. That was tough. That's the first time I think we've ever had a running back trivia on here, I think, or very seldom. I'm very off. So. You're pretty good about Why don't you wrap us up, J-Man? Thanks for watching and watching. <laughs> watching and I, I combined watching and listening together. But th- hey, thanks for watching, and so I don't have to uh, hit on. Thanks for being part of the Tan and Jay Man Show Nation. Nation. Oh, you learned episode. Tan. 
<laughs> Thanks for watching and or listening to this week's edition of the Tan and J-Man Show. Hit that like and subscribe button if you haven't already. Give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Please tell your friends about our podcast and show. 6.30 live on the ISC Sports Network every Monday night. Likes on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Send in questions, ideas, whatever you want. And we'll see you next Monday live, 6.30, right here on the ISC Sports Network. Have a great week, everybody.